Mexico City. Woo! Ooh, wow, so, so much energy. Just kidding. <laughs> if you guys could stand with us, we're just going to sing um, whatever's comfortable. Lift your hands, just greet each other, say hi. We are all welcome here.
up our eyes, surround us with your light, your love endures forever. Oh, your love endures forever. Oh, your love endures forever. Open up our eyes, surround us with your light, your Welcome, welcome, Hill City Church. Isn't it nice to feel welcomed when you come somewhere, even if it's a place that you've been a million times or you feel like you're home? I was thinking, we, we went to Wyoming for the weekend and I came home and my dog, you know, I dwell there, I live there, but my dog was so happy to see me. He squealed with delight. He ran around the house for, you know, 30 minutes and he was so happy to see me. And you know, I've been gone for a few weeks from church and, it, and this is my home. I love it here, and I, I feel welcome here. I don't need anyone to welcome me back, but I come, and I, and I see the worship band, and I see your faces, and I just, I'm so happy to be here. I feel so welcome, but I dwell here. This is my home, but it still feels good to, to be welcome, right? It feels good to see people that, that want you there, and you know, I, I was reading the Bible this week, and I, I know you've heard this before, but Psalm says that God inhabits the praises of his people. You know, he dwells here. He, he dwells in you, but he inhabits the praises of his people. He, he loves it when you worship him. He wants to be here. He's at home with you, but, but when you worship him, he, he feels welcome, and he feels like, oh, I'm home. It's home. And so I invite you to worship with us today and, and allow God to inhabit your praises and to make him feel welcome in this place with us worshiping his name. Sing with me. You were the word at the
Jesus we worship you today God everything that we have Lord everything that we are God we surrender to you right now God we humble our hearts and our minds God just to connect with you today just to connect with who you are God, we thank you. Thank you for your son. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you, God, that everything we need is already in you. Lift it up today. Sing it out. Sing it out.
impossible. He's reaching out to make me whole. He's reaching out to make me whole. You're the one who put death in its place. And his life is flowing through my veins. His life is flowing through my veins. I believe in hell. I believe in hell. You're the God of miracles. I believe in hell. I believe in hell. You're the God of miracles. I believe in you. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. I believe. I believe in testimony out right now. Marie, if you want to come up and give a quick testimony of your mom, and we're going to tone it down just a little bit, but I want you guys to hear this as we're singing this song. The timing is ridiculous. But yeah, right here. Give, here, I'm going to bring you up to the stage. This is Marie, and she was telling me a testimony, but I want you guys to hear it. I just want to thank God, first of all, for his um, goodness, and um, as I was sitting there, I'm like, Lord, nervous but um i pray that as you hear this testimony that faith would rise up inside you a faith that would quench those fiery darts of the wicked one because we know that the enemy is a liar and it comes to still kill and destroy and some of you you know there might be uh, fear and doubt and unbelief and anxiety and some of you may be battling illnesses sicknesses but i just want to let you know that um with god all things are possible my mom, she's 86. She was here about three weeks ago. Sheena prayed for her. Pastor John gave her a hug. He called her the wrong name, but that's okay. <laughs> um, my mom was diagnosed with stage three cancer. She had it in her lymph nodes. She had a PET scan done last Friday, um, or actually a week and a half ago. And Friday she got the results. There's no cancer. So I just want to thank God for his goodness. God is good. God is good. I just, want, I just want you guys to know that, honestly, all things are possible. We're not singing about the God of miracles because it's, it's a, a past tense. We're talking about the God of miracles right now. So in your worship, let's praise, man. Let's praise like God can do all things and that he will through our praise. Let's let God in, man. This is the God that we serve. The God who was and is to come. The power of the risen one. The God who brings the dead to life. You're the God of 
certain people the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons that means that every single promise is available for you right here right now all you have to do is reach out of faith and take it God is he is right now he is working in your situation he is. He is Jehovah Rapha. That means that he is my healer. Not he was. He is now. Jehovah Jireh. The Lord God is my provider. Whatever it is that the miracle is that you need, he is already in it. If you need that in your life today, would you just lift your hands? just in this moment right now, as a sign of surrender, as a sign of faith. And just speak that and believe it in your heart. You are the God of miracles. I believe it, God. I believe it in my heart and I receive it in my heart. I know, God, that you are faithful and that you will come through because your word does not fail. right now that you need a miracle for would you just be brave and keep your hands raised 
this is your moment right now. Church family, can you surround those people that have their hands raised right now? I believe that God is gonna work miracles right now in this atmosphere. Would you just begin to pray? If you're not praying for anybody, would you just begin to pray? Just pray for the people around you. So have a moment right now of reverence for God. faith you have in your body. Sing it out.
you for meeting us here today. We thank you, God, that we can we can give you our pain, God. We can give you our hurt, God. We can give you the things, God, that we're unsure of, God, that we don't know how to fix, God. And we thank you, God, that in your timing, God, your, your miracle will happen, God. So we thank you for meeting us here. We thank you for loving us and for your presence being in this place with us. And we trust you, Lord. We trust you with what we've given you today. We trust you with every bit of it, God. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can be seated. I just wanted to welcome you today. Thanks for being here. Um, I love my church. Thank you, Marcy, for just welcoming us with such... uh, just realness if you know marcy you know that is something that is out of her comfort zone but man she totally knocked it out of the park and uh i was just like (laughs) um but no it's true it's true this is our home away from home right like when we come here yes we like we take off our shoes and set up you know like then we're like oh where's my shoes it's time for church you know i mean this is if this is not home to you you are welcome to make it your home. And we always say, wherever you are at, that's fine. We're all messes um, at some point in life, right? And um, I always say, I don't know why people don't come to church when they're in a bad situation or when it's a mess, when life feels crazy and when they feel like things are messy. Why do they not come to church then? Like we're just as much as a mess. That's when you gotta come and be with us and be a part of us and who we are because um, we love you just the way you are and we hope that you love us just the way that we are. Um, So I just wanted to take up offering, but I, first of all, I wanted to thank you guys just so much that when people ask about our church, I always say they're such a giving church um, because we've been taking up school supplies for Urban Outreach for camp this next week because they're going to give away um, 50 free backpacks and school supplies. Um, This Friday, they're going to give it away to homeless kids of five points. And um, I just wanted to thank you for giving because um, that is God's heart, is for us to give to those that are less fortunate, right? To give to the poor, um, to give to those that, you know, if it wasn't, if it wasn't, I don't know, sometimes we could be in that same place, right? Our children could be in that same place, just one, one little decision different, that that could be our children, that could be our family. So I just wanna thank you guys for giving. Last week we took up an offering and we got over $1,300 to get yeah give yourselves a hand so I just love it thank you for coming together thank you for giving towards um, those in need and and it's just gonna be such a blessing to them all year they're gonna be carrying their little new backpacks That's right you know so excited they're all gonna be Jesus backpacks <laughs> yeah no, <I'm> just 
trying to get over spiritual over here. Sorry. But, um, no, uh, we're just so grateful. Thank you for giving. Thank you for bringing school supplies. People were sending me pictures yesterday of like, we have a cart full of, you know, like backpacks and school supplies. And it's just, it feels good to give, right? Thank you guys. Thank you. And um, next week we'll try to have a video so we can show you of them getting their backpacks and just hanging out. If you're available this week, anytime Monday through Friday, 8.15 to 12.30, you're more than welcome to go and help with the summer camp. They'll be giving away the backpacks and school supplies on Friday. So let me know if you want to help with that. But thank you so much. And um, if the guys will just come up, let's give these guys a hand. These guys are awesome. They're always ready and willing and able. And let's just pray over the offering. Thank you, Jesus, so much for loving us where we're at. And thank you for this group of people that we call family and this place that we call home. And uh, I just pray that you just bless the offering and everything else that's said and done today. In Jesus' name, amen. And uh, now we have Bobby Vargas and Christina Vargas. Well, Christina first. Bobby, I can take your place. Um, we'll, we'll sub out. So if you guys could give these guys a hand. They work so much behind the scenes. And they're going to talk a little bit about that. And um, we just want you to, yeah. All right. And I'm just going to, you know, reverse that back. It's not us. I want to thank you guys first for everything that you guys do. Because honestly, when you come into this place, it's completely empty. We have nothing set up. But you guys, you know, whether it's your husbands or anybody else coming in here to help out, and those who, of you who are not, then, you know, I want to challenge you to come in and uh, serve with us, you know. We, we definitely need the help, and uh, it's, it's a good, good chance to meet new people, to, you know, just come in and help out. And I don't know, I was just thinking, you know, when it comes to serving, that main main verse that comes to mind is uh, goes to Jesus you know how it says Jesus came down not to you know be served but to serve and when you look at it like that you're like man Jesus is that's 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 our main man that's our that's our God that's everything and he's the one that came down and showed us how to serve first and you know a lot of times I'm like man I just want to you know follow in those footsteps and so I want, that's why I want to reverse that. And just thank you guys, really, um, right now for all the guys who are serving. If I can, well, in, yeah, what setup, sorry. If you guys can stand up, please. The setup team. Awesome. Just have a, a gift for you if you guys want to stay standing. Go ahead, stay standing. And I know a lot of people aren't here today, a lot of camping, vacation, not only, you know, serving with the setup team, but other places too. It's like, man, these, these guys are amazing. So Mark, who else is in here? Bob back there. So yeah, even the drivers, I know a lot of them aren't here either, but John, man, you guys, you guys are amazing. Thank you, really. And then I also want to thank the families as well. It's a huge sacrifice to give up your husband. These men are here from 8 o'clock in the morning till 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So we have a video playing right now, and um, this stuff just doesn't happen. It's nice to come in, and it's all set up, but we have people here as early as 8 o'clock in the morning leaving their families to come set up this middle school 
to become a church. So we just really appreciate you guys and we need the help. We need more help because I saw Mark stand up, Bob and Terry, and that was three. So we need a lot of people to make this happen. And so we are on twice a, uh, two weeks on, four weeks off right now. Um, and we want to decrease that to once a month. So if you could help us out, we're having a meeting next Sunday at 9 a.m. And we would love to just get you guys plugged in and get you involved. You know, it's, it's not even coming in all the time. If you guys are able to come in in the morning and help unload or at the end of the day help load stuff up, whatever you guys can, can do, like we can work with you, whatever you guys need. We're just appreciative to, to have the help. So uh, if you know anybody or if you can make it next week, 9 o'clock in the morning, we'll have the meeting. And then once again, just thank you guys. Stay up here for a second. Uh, I just want to give, hey, give these guys a hand as they lead. I, gave, uh, I just got Bobby just a, a something from Starbucks. It's, it's just a mug. It has Denver colors on it. Usually I don't like Denver. But for you, Bobby, you like Denver, right? <laughs> oh, Christina. <laughs> Uh, but I just want to thank these guys. Give these guys a hand for putting it together. Thank you, guys. Love you. Man, we, we serve a God of miracles, and I don't want us to back down from that. I, you cannot just, man, we serve a God of miracles, and he's doing a miracle with us and in us. And, uh, and, and I pray that for some of us, it's just God speaking to us just to serve, to take a one step in and say, you know what? I'm going to put a little more. I'm going to prepare the way for other people because someone prepared the way for me. That's how I think about it in my life. There are, there are men and women that sacrifice their time, their love, their, their giving just so that I could be here today. And I know without their prayers and their love, I would not be standing here. It is, uh, it is through the efforts of people and their goodness and what God is doing through them. So I am so excited. If this is your first time, my name is John, and uh, welcome to Hill City. And uh, today, I, I really believe today's message could be one of the most important messages that I could speak. So that my prayer today is that we open up our hearts and we give God our attention. And, and I, what I want to do is I want to start from the end to the beginning. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to run right in. Heavenly Father, speak to us and change our lives. Reveal Jesus because we believe that Jesus is the life changer, God. You awaken our spirit and you change us. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, if you have your Bibles today, please turn to the end, which is the book of Revelation. All right. Revelation 21. Revelation 21. And this is John the disciple. He's writing about the end times. This was a revelation that he got from, uh, from God. And, and, and it was a glimpse of heaven, just a moment, an experience of heaven where he saw God face to face for the very first time. So I'm going to read from one, uh, verse 1 to 4. It says, then I saw, just imagine with me, just take a moment. You can close your eyes. Close your eyes for a moment. Maybe this is better. And just imagine with me as I read this. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth has passed away. And the sea was no more. And I saw a holy city, new Jerusalem, coming down out from the heavens from God. Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice 
from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall be mourning nor crying nor pain any more for the former things have passed away. You can open your eyes. I just, I just imagine this moment, right? What it would be like heaven. It's more than a place. It's more than a prize. It's God himself, right? The fulfillment of the longing of our souls. Everyone on earth has this thing that they are longing after, but there's no fulfillment because there's only one fulfillment, which is Christ himself. And so my goal today is, is, is to reveal Jesus and, and keep our eyes locked into heaven. Because when you begin at the end in mind, you have strength in fatigue, you have courage in fear, and you have hope in hardship. You really do when we think about the end that God is preparing for us, trusting that he will make good on his promise. Yet, this is what we think. How do we live in the meantime, John? How do we not stress out? Like you're telling me not to stress out? Okay, that's stressing me out, right? Because I'm stressing about you not telling me to stress out. And, and then, nor how do we not give up nor back down? How do we have hope and despair? And this is what I want to talk about. This is, as, this is what I want to talk about as we continue through the book of Mark chapter 12. We're continuing in this thing called Meet Jesus as through the book of Mark. And Mark 12, 18 to 27, I'm going to read it real quick and then we're going to run into it. It says, then Jesus was approached by some Sadducees. Say Sadducees. <laughs> yeah. And, and there were religious leaders who said there was no resurrection from the dead. And they posed this question. They said, teacher, Moses gave us a law that if a man dies leaving his wife without children, his brother should marry the widow and have a child who would carry on his brother's name. That's weird already. Well, suppose, just imagine marrying your sister-in-law. Horrible, right? Not, not for, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that out loud. That's what I just, I thought it in my mind, then I said it out loud. Because I love my sister-in-law. Yes, I do. Don't watch this. <laughs> Don't watch. Erase that part, Jason. <laughs> Should have never said that. It's too late. But they don't know which sister-in-law. I have many. That's right. See? See? And they pose this question. Teacher. Man, that's horrible. He says, Moses gave us this law. If a man dies leaving his wife without children, his brother should marry the widow and have, uh, and have a child who will carry on the brother's name. We'll suppose there were seven brothers. So he's like, suppose this. The oldest one marries and dies without children. So the second brother marries the widow. And then he also dies. And then the third brother marries her. I would just say not marry her or you're going to die, right? It seems like that is what's going on. And so on and so on and so, so on. Seven rows down. And they continued with all seven of them, and still there were no children. Last of all, the woman died. And so, tell us, whose wife shall she be in the resurrection? For all seven were married to her. And Jesus replied, your mistake is that you don't know the scripture, which is harsh, right? You don't even know the power of God. When the dead will rise, they will neither marry nor be given to marriage. In this respect, they will be like angels of heaven. But now, as you... Uh, whether the dead will, uh, will be raised. Haven't you ever read about this in the writings of Moses in the story of the burning bush? Long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob has died, God said to Moses, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. 
So he is the God of the living, not the dead. You have made a serious error. So as we read in Mark 12, the Sadducees come with this hypothetical question. They are trying to question uh, Jesus and trying to catch him off with this, what if this happened, the seven brother thing. They were trying to uh, build this conjecture. And, and with the Old Testament law, if a man were to die without any kids, the next brother, next brother, next brother, right? And now which brother would get her in the resurrection? What a question. But before we get into this, I want to give you some backgrounds of the Sadducees. The Sadducees were a political religious group. They were the rich, they were the elite back then, right? And, and they were known for two things. Number one, not believing in the resurrection. So it's funny they're asking Jesus about the resurrection when they don't believe in the resurrection. So they were actually trapping them. And number two, they, they, they believed, um, they didn't believe in the resurrection. They believed this world was all there was. Number two, the only accepting the Pentateuch, which was the five first books of the Bible, the history of Israel, the books of Moses. So as I was studying the Sadducees, right? It's strange when the ones in charge of the temple don't believe in heaven for the temple was a vision of heaven, right? They built the temple like it would be one day that God would fill it and that God would bring the, the true temple down and, and, it would, and the temple showed the throne of God. And so these guys who are running the temple don't even believe in heaven where the temple is actually a picture of heaven. But then I caught myself, have you ever like, like these guys are idiots, right? Have you ever like said something negative about someone, then you catch yourself and you're like, oh yeah, I'm that guy. I'm that guy that I'm making fun of. I caught myself, I wonder how many times I'm like them. I believe in heaven, but I often live and respond and stress like this life is all there is. In my face, John. <laughs> that's what, I, that's what sometimes when I'm like reading the word of God, that's, that's how it speaks to me. So Jesus calls these guys out like he's calling me out and says to them, your question reveals how off you are because obviously you don't know the scripture nor the power of God. Jesus, have you even, he, Jesus is saying, have you even read the scriptures? Have you even read Moses? And this is a slap in the face. The Sadducees would actually memorize the first five books. And Jesus is like, have you even read the first five books? And it, so it's like, like a slap in the face because these guys are Bible beasts, right? But Jesus is saying, you don't know it. You've memorized the words, but you don't know their intention. You don't understand the promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it's the covenant, right? And so God promises Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob the covenant, and which means that one day, God will make all things right, will make right every wrong, will redeem creation, will bring heaven down. So if you think, like, I can't wait to escape earth one day, at the end of days, you're still going to be here. That's what it's saying. We, we have this escape mentality. Christians, we think, oh, we're going to escape to heaven. Guess what? Actually, heaven's going to be here. So you're not escaping nothing. You're continuing. Right? That's what the Bible was saying. It's saying there's a city coming down. It's a new Jerusalem. I know when you watch the cartoons, it's this thing in the sky. But that's not how Jesus ever described it, nor the Bible. It's just something. It's just conjecture. We, we made it up that way. It's just strange. I know. But, uh, but God is saying it's going to come down. And what, I'm making all things new. And you missed the point. Yes, you missed the point. How often do we miss the point? How often do we recite the information Sing the song, Good, Good Father. We sing it, but in our struggles, it's hard to sing. In our shame, it's hard to sing. In our sin, it's hard to sing. Sometimes you can't sing just through the emotion. 
you have to sing the truth. See, we worship God in spirit and in truth. Sometimes it's spiritual and you can feel it. You're like, mm, spirit. I can feel the spirit in this place. And you'll hear people saying that. They're acknowledging they can feel the move of God. But sometimes we just worship God in truth. When we don't feel it and you press through because of who God is in your life. You just speak in truth. Sometimes in marriage, right, you love your wife in spirit, right? Oh, I'm feeling that. Oh, Candace, thank you for, for loving me. I can't believe you're my wife. And then some other times, I love my wife in truth. I'm like, all right, she's, I, th- I think she loves me. <laughs> just not this week. <laughs> right? We, we just, we, you got to work through it. It is not all cotton candy and roses in marriage. You got to work at marriage, you got to work in your relationships. And if you think, I, I love, uh, I love uh, 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 people who are dating, like, oh, this, this person loves me like no one else. I'm like, that's what we all said. <laughs> you don't have a relationship like mine. You don't understand. I, yeah, I understand. That's what I said, too. <laughs> right? But uh, sometimes we have to worship, and we have to worship God in truth. And I understand where the Sadducees are coming from during the struggle. See, think about this this way. I love Denver, right? I, loved, I, I do. I love Denver. I, I don't like the Broncos, but I love Denver. Maybe one day it'll change. But I, I love Denver even via Thornton. Thornton, Colorado. Where are you from? I just say Denver. Because if I tell them Thornton, they think it's like, I don't know, Greeley. <laughs> so I say Denver, all right? And, and I love the culture. I love the vibe. I love the hiking. I love the mountains. I love the weather. I even love the people here, right? People in Denver, they're, I, I think they're nice. They're not really good drivers, but they're nice, right? So if you're, if you're from other places, you're like, man, why are Denver drivers so strange? I, I don't know why they're so strange, but uh, that's the first thing I notice. But uh, I love the people here. I love our church family here, like everyone was saying. I wish the Asian food was much better, but there needs to be more Asians. That, that's what happens. You know, that's how you get good Asian food. But I'll take it. I'll take uh, Heaven's Dragon at the corner, right? Yeah. <laughs> Can I get a name? No, I'm just kidding. But most of us, we love where we live uh, because, uh, because we understand clearly it's a, it's a great place, especially if you came from, like, the south. I'm sorry if you're from the south. There's some people, some people visiting. I apologize that way because you're from Texas. I won't even look at you. We won't make eye contact. Uh, or if you're from, like, South Dakota. That's, you, you, know, you know you don't like that place. That's clear. But uh, when I started talking about heaven, about eternity, sometimes it's hard to grasp, right? Many people imagine like clouds and golden roads and pearly gates and people with white robes on and and chubby fat baby angels. That's so weird. Like chubby fat baby angels? Like that's what we think of heaven? Like to me, that's not compelling. Like I don't want to be around a bunch of babies. You got to change them. (laughs) like... I hope that's not, that sounds like hell. No, I'm just kidding. But I apologize, babies. I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't want to change another baby. I was telling someone that today. That is like awesome. I'm sorry, new mothers. I'm ruining this for many people already. But I was just thinking like, that's not compelling. So the default mode of our heart is to, it's to love what we've already experienced, Right? What we've already become accustomed to, what we already love. So many times in our lives, we believe like Christians about eternity, but we believe like Sadducees. We live like Sadducees about life, like this world is all there is, and we play both sides of the cassette tape. 
just in case, not fully living totally in or totally out. We're kind of playing the fence and not completely trusting God with our life, with our relationships, with our business, with our giving, with our vulnerability, with our forgiveness, and we hold back. And here are the two sides that many times we can fall into and when we waver, when we waver. Side one, side one of the cassette tape, right? Side one is self-indulgence. You're, my, my son grabbed the cassette tape and said, Dad, what's this? I said, it's a Sony Walkman. No, I'm just kidding. Side one, self-indulgence. I need to get as much as I can possible. Much pleasure as I can, much comfort as I can, much money as I can, because tomorrow I'm dying, right? And if this life is it, I want it all. If that makes me happy, I want it. I want to do it even if it might hurt somebody, even if it doesn't line up with the word of God. At the end of the day, we're saying, I am the highest law. Me. It's about me. I love me some me, right? Terrell Owens, I love me some me. But you know what's so crazy about I love me some me? There's no end to that. There's no fulfillment in that. There's this man in the Bible named Solomon, and he says in the book of Ecclesiastes, I did not hold back a single thing that I've ever wanted, not a single thing. And I found out that that, too, was meaningless. The dude with 400 wives, I mean, you knew he was in trouble, right? He said, I did not hold back any single sexual thing, single pleasure, single money. I bought everything that I can. I bought every pleasure. I went to every place, and I found out at the end of his life, he wrote, he wrote that too was meaningless. A chase after the wind. It did not end, and it did not fulfill. And when you talk, man, and, and, and that's what it says, it's still empty. Self-indulgence at the end of the day still leads to the same place. We're still searching. I was thinking about um, the guy from Lincoln Park this week because I used to listen to a lot of Lincoln Park as a teenager, which, you know, it, it is what it is, right? And that's why I am this way. Um, and I would scream in my car. And, uh, but I was just thinking about it, that how he committed suicide this week. This guy, he, was on, he just released a new single. They were about to go on tour again. I mean, everything was in place, and he takes his life. And he was so hopeless. And I was like, that's so crazy. It would be everything that we would imagine. He has everything that he wants. He could buy anything that he needs. And at the end of the day, he felt absolutely hopeless. And that's the second side of the tape. When we play the middle and we believe that this life is all there is, at some point, we get hopeless. If this is all there is, then my life, my hard work, my legacy has no point. What's the point if this is all there is? It's meaningless. I used to honestly think this way. I'm born, I go through tons of suffering, and then I'm going to die. I'm like, what is that? Is that life God? I used to really struggle in this way. I don't know if you're that way, but I, I struggle within my own thoughts. And I used to be like, God, if this is it, this is too much, God. It's not even worth it, God. And there's a side of hopelessness. It has no point. It's meaningless if this is it. If I, if I do good or if I do bad, why, if this is it, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter because it's over. Who cares? And the weight of life 
is so tremendous. If there is no hope of a future, hope of a tomorrow, what do you say when you're going through suffering? How do you even deal with suffering when there is no hope? Right? Is that me, the only person that thinks this way? I know there's moments, if there's no hope, how do I even deal with suffering, God? So if you find yourself battling with meaning and suffering and struggling in faith in Christ, this is what Jesus says to us in verse 25. For when the dead will rise, he says in Mark 12, 25. He's speaking of a resurrection. You will rise again in eternity and we will see God. But also remember, and I'm going to get serious here. I can tell you about the good news about Christ saving us and one day we will be with him in heaven. But to tell you the good news, I have to tell you the bad news. Without the bad news, the good news is not good. Right? So I'm going to tell you some bad news. Because that one day there will be a judgment. And it will be like the Passover. We will either be covered by the blood of the Lamb, by the sacrifice of the cross, where Jesus covers our sins, covers, takes on our punishment, gives us his standing with God by the grace through faith, or we will face God alone by ourselves, by our goodness, our life work, and that's going to be a horrible day. And as a pastor, I love good news, but I have to tell you bad news too. There was a book I read in college that just rocked my world, and it was a book called Why Revival Tarries by Leonard Ravenhill. There he is, this Englishman. And he wrote a story on page 32 of this book about Charlie Peace. And I'm going to read you the paragraph about Charlie Peace. Charlie Peace was a criminal. And he was condemned to death. And on that fateful morning, think about this with me, in Leeds, England, in jail, he was taken on that death walk before his execution. Before him went the prison chaplain routinely and sleepily reading some Bible verses. The criminal touched the preacher and asked, what are you reading? And the preacher answered, the consolation of religion was the reply. Charlie Peace was shocked at the way he professionally read about hell. Could a man be so unmoved under the very shadow of the scaffold as he led a fellow human there, yet dry-eyed, read of a pit that has no bottom into which a fellow must fall. Could this preacher believe the words that there is an eternal fire that never consumes its victims and yet slides over the phrase without a tremor? Is a man human at all who can say with no tears you will be eternally dying and yet never know the relief that death brings? All this was too much for Charlie Peace. So he preached Listen to this on the eve of the hell sermon. That's what he called it. And Charlie P. said this, Sir, addressing the pastor, if I believed what you and the church of God says that you believe, even if England was covered in broken glass from coast to coast, I would walk over it if need be on my hands and on my knees just to save one soul from eternal hell like that. When I think about that, it rocks me to my core. I keep that in my memory. But I remember that if that, if hell is a true place, would we walk across even broken glass on our hands, on our knees, just to save one person from a place 
of condemnation like that. How casually I can be okay with hell. And God, speak to us all today. Jesus spoke about hell more than anyone else in the Bible. You know that? Jesus also spoke about a marriage. Verse 25. For when the dead will rise, they will neither marry nor be given to marriage. In this respect, they will be like angels in heaven. Is there marriage in heaven? No and yes. It's not as we think. In Ephesians 5, Paul speaks about how marriage on earth is a sign of a greater reality in heaven, a greater intimacy where we are in, together with God in true intimacy, greater wholeness, all found in God, that one day we will be joined back to our Creator, back to true intimacy, fully known, fully loved, with no sin separating us from God. What a day that will be. So today, I ask you, live with eternity in mind. Because when you do, when you live with the end in mind, you have hope. You have purpose. You have a point to get to. Everything that you go through, you understand, is not wasted when you understand there's an end in mind. When you're going through suffering, you're like, I know this is not wasted. That God is going to redeem this. God's going to reuse this. God's going to reassure someone. God's going to refresh someone else for his purpose. And so we lean forward longing for that day where you will enter into eternal rest, into true peace no more depression no more anxiety no more fears no more suffering in the presence of god hashtag no filter just in the presence of god all the way until then i want you to live with heaven in mind live with the end in mind even live not out of fear with hell in mind understanding that there is that day for someone else because we're not only focused on our lives but we're focused and we love people's souls as we close today our answer for living the best way now is found in jesus it is let's stand for a moment tim keller my favorite writer he writes this about the gospel the gospel is this, we are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dared to believe, yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared to hope. I'm going to say it one more time, because if we can get this, this is amazing. This will change your life if we can grasp it. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we've ever dared to believe. You ain't that awesome. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we've ever dared to hope. So we cast our cares on Him. This life is not even a glimpse of the glory that we will face. That's why we can't understand heaven. Because we can't even understand what we try to try to like manifest in our own mind of what heaven's going to be like, it's not like that. It's better. That's why when someone else, have you ever tried to explain like trigonometry to a five-year-old? Right? That's like explaining heaven to us. We think we're so smart with that. We, oh, I can understand heaven. No, you can't. You got chubby 
fat baby angels on your mind, right? That's how silly it is when we try to understand heaven. Heaven is greater than that. It's, it's calculus for a five-year-old. And we're not prodigies, my friend. We're just like, what's two plus two, right? Unless you're Asian. I'm just kidding. But it's like that. We will never understand it fully. And what we need to do is trust God fully and say, God, I might not understand heaven, but there's moments when we're worshiping and I feel this peace and I get a glimpse of you. There's moments when I look at my baby sleeping and I, I understand there's something deeper going on in life. There's moments you look at your spouse and you're like, I can't believe that you love me. There's, there's something else going on. There's moments that you look off a mountain and you see the glory of God and God says, you, that's nothing. And heaven is going to be so much greater. So I want, I believe even right now, God is stirring something in you and you can sense a little more of heaven. And that is what God is preparing for us today. Do not let go of that. So with that glimpse in mind, do not hold back your worship. Do not hold back your love for God. Do not hold back your love for others. Waste it. Use it all up. Don't hold back your life to, to hope that at the end that I have something. You got nothing compared to heaven. There's nothing. Don't hold back your life. Use it all up to populate heaven. To populate heaven loving people's souls and it's never too late to jump into this life like never before to not only know it but to live it to find people to do this with as you step out you will see god step into your life so many times we sit and we say god do something god's like i'm just waiting for you to step out have you ever tried to teach someone how to ride a bike you can't force them to ride a bike there has to be a moment where they say i'm gonna do this I'm going to step out. And as they step out, it starts to work out. Because that's how God moves. God moves in the tiny bit of faith we give him. When we have faith as small as a mustard seed, God comes through so powerfully that you can move a mountain. But you got to move in faith. you got to stick it out in faith. you got to be faithful, not just full of faith. Amen? So go all in wherever you are. Be all in wherever you are. If you're in a life group, stop faking it. Be all in. No one likes fake life group anyway, and they know it. If you are have a good relationship with a friend and they're helping you towards God, be all in. Don't hold back. If you're going to sing and you sing horribly, I don't care. Be all in. Be all in. Be all in in the worship. It does not matter. And as we do, you will see God move through your life. And I ask that Hill City Church will be known for populating heaven. That's it. We populate heaven empowered by Jesus Christ as we walk with him. Amen? Let's pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that we don't even pray. We just don't just confess it. We just don't pray it. We live it, God. We live it. Faith is being faithful as we live. It's not just a Sunday thing, Lord God. Jesus, you didn't die on the cross so that we would sit in a room in a cafetorium for 75 minutes on a Sunday, Lord. You died on the cross to empower your people with uh, 
a little bit of heaven, a glimpse of the power of God. And I pray that power would live in the family of Hill City Church, Lord God, as we move in faith, even if it's small as a mustard seed. If you're in this place and God is speaking to your heart, you don't need to raise your hands, but you need to respond to God and say, God, forgive me. I need Jesus in my life. I need to move forward. I need to open up my life and see for the first time as you see, Lord God. And if I have seen, Lord God, I've fallen back, I'm going to pick myself up again. You pick me up, God, and I'm going to trust in you. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. God bless you. Get to know each other. Thank you for giving. But then get a glimpse of heaven and let that move you forward. God bless you.